What's up, everybody? Welcome to Friday night, well, technically Saturday morning edition of the Tom Shiflett Podcast. I am your host, Tom Shiflett. I'm Ryan Solo today. Uh, co-host is a little burnt out, so, you know, doing this every day, it is kind of a, it's kind of a struggle. It's kind of a grind, so he's going to go and take a little bit of time off, so it's just going to be me. I forgot how much work it is, actually, to do this by yourself. You actually have to, like prep put things together so you can't just like piggyback off another person and just riff off each other here so let's see how this goes I haven't done this in a while just doing it by myself so let's get into it here you know a lot of stuff happened in the past couple days i was actually recording one thursday night after milwaukee game i was in the middle of actually recording and then my computer had uh i had set it to automatically like restart on updates at midnight and it was it was midnight in the midst of me recording so i'm in the middle of talking and then i like i kind of just look over my peripheral vision i could see that my second laptop that does all the recording is just uh restarted and it didn't save any of my episode at all it was like 12 and i'm like well i'm gonna go to bed now (laughs) so we'll go ahead and uh we'll talk about the milwaukee bucks but first i'd like to just uh Nice congratulations to the Phoenix Suns for making it to the NBA Finals. Chris Pollock is to his first ever NBA Finals. It's about time, man. Uh, Jesus. 17 years. I just felt like it was never going to happen. Good Lord. But Chris Paul, you know, I was pretty rough on him, you know, last episode that, you know, he was just playing traffic cop. He was just standing around, no pace whatsoever, just waiting just to either, you know, pass to get an absolute assist or just taking a really bad shot and Chris Paul was really decisive. He was really aggressive from the start and he was doing the things that made him really successful there in that Denver series where he was just attacking and the stuff that made Phoenix successful all year was just being quick, decisive, playing with pace. And they just came out from the start and just put their foot on LA's neck, which I've been waiting for them to do for a while now. And you can kind of just tell that, Los Angeles really was. They were just completely out of gas. Paul George won for six from three. He really struggled. Four turnovers, you know, 26 points. But, yeah, I mean, he was just gassed. You could just tell. Reggie Jackson, he didn't have his legs there. He didn't shoot as well as he's been from three. The whole Clippers team just did not shoot well at all. I think they were underneath 30% from three. It's just Phoenix was just damn good. They came out with the mentality that this is not going seven games. This is over. We're ending it. And, you know, Phoenix is... They're a really good basketball team, and I think, you know, I kind of alluded to it that, you know, uh, last episode that they they were down 2-1 to the Lakers if, when Anthony Davis was in the lineup, but that that's not a way to, like, me to, like, discredit what the Suns are doing. Like, I was really high on the Suns going into this season. Um, I just, it's kind of weird, like, the narrative that's being made about them. I just had read, I just scrolled past something where it was, Stephen A. Smith was saying that, you know, uh, this is in, you know, Chris Paul is a genius because he saw something in Phoenix that nobody else did. And it was like, well, again, I kind of don't understand this whole thing about, you know, Phoenix came out of nowhere here again. Like last year, not even before the 8 0 in the bubble where they were fen- phenomenal, but going into the season ending, they were playing really great basketball. 
They just gotten their second best player back, DeAndre Ayton, who missed the majority of that season. So again, they were a half a game away from making the postseason because their second best player was missing all year. So again, DeAndre Ayton didn't get suspended. They're going to make the playoffs, and this isn't some crazy Cinderella story that's being painted out to be. And it's all Chris Paul, and it's all his leadership, and he's a genius for signing with Phoenix. He saw something that no one else did. I, I don't think, I don't think there really was much talk, you know, this summer about you know is Phoenix going to be good or not. I think it, I think people with a brain in their head, most people that you would respect and listen to about basketball really thought that Phoenix was going to be a very good basketball team this year. And it was going to be at least a top four seed in the West. Like, I just don't understand where it's coming from now. Like how it's some kind of underdog story here, but it is what it is. I think that's kind of just the narrative that always follows around Chris Paul, but he was incredible, man. I mean, can't really shit on him. I mean, is he annoying to watch sometimes? Yeah. Is he, is he kind of difficult to watch at times? Yeah, for sure. He's kind of an irritant, and he's always on the ground. He's very shameless. I mean, that <laughs> that foul, that flop he took against Boogie Cousins on the – when Boogie was going to inbound it, like, he took that elbow. Like, he just got punched in the head by somebody. It was the funniest thing in the world. And Chris Paul knew it, too. I mean, man has no shame. He was grinning from ear to ear, knowing that he just got away with one there and – you just tell how pissed off Boogie Cousin was. And, yeah, I mean, he's he'll get under your skin, man. And I think, I mean, the whole Patrick Beverly thing with him shoving in the back was, you know, he's a piece of shit for that. And he's a complete scumbag. And it's not really shocking that Patrick Beverly did something like that. You know, when that happened, I was like, oh, no, Patrick Beverly did something. Oh, no way. But it's kind of tough to say if, you know, Chris Paul even did say anything to him. I think, you know, I think that look enough is enough to kind of piss you off, you know, but for Patrick Bradley, I mean, you've, you've been wolfing, you've been talking shit this entire series and now it's finally coming back to you and you're gonna have to eat your words and you're getting stomped here on your home floor. And then you're going to do some punk shit like that. It's just like, you're just, it's just not, he's just not a basketball player, man. It's just really annoying because, you know, I, I think it, it sucks because a lot of people would come to the conclusion, you know, that we kind of, uh, we're not going to make fun of the Clippers as much. We kind of uh, got a little bit of respect for the Clippers here, the way they went out, the way they fought, the way they battled, the way Paul George played, the way everyone played with Kawhi down. And then Paul Patrick Beverly does this shit, and you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's the Clippers. So fuck the Clippers. Who cares? But I think the biggest thing out of that whole thing was like just Frank Kaminsky just letting Patrick Beverly run up on Chris Paul, no problems at all. He watched him do it the whole time and just stood there. And then when Patrick Beverly pushed him, <laughs> Chris Paul was falling to the ground. Frank Kaminsky is still just standing there. Like, how do you let that happen? How do you let him run up on your point guard like that and shove you to the ground? It was so, I was like, did Frank Kaminsky even know what's going on? Like, what did he think Patrick Beverly was going over to do? Like, even then, just like stand in front of Chris Paul. I just He just literally just watched him get run up on. Like, what if Patrick Beverly would have punched him in the back of the head or something instead of just pushing him? Like, I don't know that I think that was like something that wasn't talked about enough. That was like the craziest. That's the first thing that jumped out at me. It was like, why didn't Frank Kaminsky stop him? Also, why didn't anybody like really just like beat the hell out of Patrick Beverly? Like the guy all the way at the end of the bench where people were like, Oh, they don't want to get suspended. It's like, Oh, you mean the player who's not even going to play in the finals? Like who cares? But again, I think, uh, 
it's really good for Phoenix, man. And I think, you know, regardless of who wins, you know, the Milwaukee or the Atlanta series, there's going to be zero players left in this finals that have ever won a championship. That is, that's cool as shit, man. And I think all the people who are freaking out about the ratings and they're, they're freaking out about, oh, this is horrible for the NBA, these small markets in there. No, that, that shit is really good because generally for years, people have been bitching about how, you know, it was the Warriors and the Cavs for four straight years. It's all the same teams all the time. There's no parity. There's no difference. Who cares? It's just a super team, and there's no chance for anybody else to win. And, like, what about the small market? What about the little guy? And then the small market, the the little guy, they finally make it, and then people are up in arms about it, that it's, it's a bad look and shit like that. It's like, no, it's really good for the league to have these small market teams, these these teams that are, you know, not really paid attention to in the national light, being given the spotlight in the finals is really good for the league. You're seeing these really young dudes who are up and coming. Next dudes like DeAndre Hayden, Devin Booker for a series, Mikael Bridges for a series. You're like, oh, wow, these people are incredible. Like, casual basketball fans are tuning into the finals to see these young dudes who have next. Like, same thing with, I mean, if Atlanta moves on and Trey Young, you would assume it comes back at some point and is healthy. You watch Trey Young, Kevin Herter. You watch John Collins, Clint Capella. Like, you're watching all these dudes in Milwaukee. I mean, you're watching Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. Like, these are, this is good. This is good for the NBA to have people that you didn't expect to be in there. Like, this is really good for the league. And it still doesn't matter what the NBA does or what, what happens at all. There's still going to be people who are bitching about ratings. And again, like I've said on the show a million times, I could care less about it, like ratings for anything. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, it should matter to you either. Like, if you like watching it, just fucking watch it. Like, what's the difference if someone doesn't watch it? And, like, if people will tell you, like, oh, who cares about the NBA? Like, nobody watches it. It's like, okay, well, it seems like millions of people watch it because that's what the ratings say. But anyway, you don't watch it. That's cool. But you don't speak for the entire United States of America and the entire world. But it is what it is. I'm excited for, you know, new teams to get in there. Like, that's exciting. Like, the thought of, you know, Chris Paul finally getting over the hump is, that's awesome. Like, Devin Booker finally winning a title. I don't even mean final, but, like, him winning a championship after all these years of being called a loser. And, you know, campaign, another guy who's, like, playing in China, and he wasn't even supposed to be in the league anymore, and he's on his way to be an integral part of a championship team. DeAndre Ayton, 2018, he gets drafted first overall before Trey Young and Luka, and people are telling you know, Sarver, he's a moron, and Phoenix is just a dog shit organization for passing on those two generational talents. And after 2018, DeAndre Aiden doesn't play great. He doesn't defend very well. Shocking. A young player doesn't defend very well. And he just didn't get the speed of the game, and that's fine. Like, he was still showed flashes where, you know, this guy's going to be a really good player. It's fine. Like, give him a year to learn, but no, you got to throw him out of, like, just throw him out in the garbage. He's terrible. He's a bust. Phoenix is screwed. They're stupid as hell. Get Devin Booker out of there. Free that man. The organization is a joke. You know, James Jones did a lot of great work bringing in some great guys, mixture of young and old dudes, and now here we are. That's, I mean, I'm so happy for Devin Booker, man. I'm so happy for Devin Booker. I hope he wins it. But I think, again, I, I mean, we kind of almost got into an argument about it the other day on the episode that, you know, I just, I don't see... I don't see Phoenix, you know, beating Milwaukee if Milwaukee's completely healthy, but that's the giant question mark here is if Giannis is going to be healthy 
Um, I just got, you know, we got the alert today that he's going to be, he's risked, he's listed as doubtful for uh, game six here. And I, I I don't think he plays, man. I, I For me, I already said the other day, I wouldn't play him. I don't care. Even if they make it to the finals and I'm just not letting him play, especially the way he plays the, the physicality, the, you know, the, the, the cutting, the moving, the, the jumping and everything that's a part of his game and every single thing that he does, like you're just tempting fate with that knee injury, man. Like it still baffles me that he didn't completely destroy his knee. Like just watching that replay over and over again, I like my knee just hurts just watching it. I, I can't believe he just hyperextended that. That man is super fucking human, but I would not, I would not play him. And if, I mean, if Atlanta does make it, I, I they don't stand a chance against Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix defensively is just way better than a lot of teams that they're, you know, Atlanta's faced this year. And then offensively, they do just so many things that just Atlanta's not going to be able to do. And I, there's no way that Trey Young is going to be able to stay in a corner in, uh, in a series. You know, like there's no way Chris Paul is not going to figure out a way to take apart that. Series. And then same thing with Milwaukee. I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think it's a horrible matchup for Chris Paul versus Drew Holiday. Like a lot of people are saying that is, I think, you know, this, this Clippers series just wasn't a great matchup for Chris Paul. And it's, you know, I think this is going to be in a lot, two really favorable matchups for him. Every single matchup is a favorable one for Devin Booker. I mean, what do you do? Do you put Chris Middleton on Devin Booker who Chris Middleton does give people problems defensively, but I don't think he has a lateral quickness to even like try and stay in front of Devin Booker. So I don't know what you do. I mean, who does PJ Tucker even play against? Like, do you have him out on Jay Crowder? Like, I don't know what what they do there. Like, but well, I don't know. We'll see what happens because I I still can't call up between Milwaukee and Atlanta right now. I mean, Milwaukee the other night they have a really great performance all the way around without Giannis. Atlanta again missing Trey Young, but uh, Milwaukee came out and they like. Phoenix did. They put their foot on Atlanta's throat and they just took that game over within the first five minutes. They punched him in the mouth and that was it. And Brooke Lopez was incredible. Like he turned the clock back. Like it felt like 10 years. He was incredible. 33 points. He only took two three pointers. It was all in the paint. He had 26 paint points. Like it, it was great. It was, it was fantastic for Brooke to finally like take advantage of his size down low and actually like take advantage of it for once this entire series, this entire postseason, actually his entire tenure with Milwaukee. He's just kind of been a guy who's been standing in the corner to space things for Giannis, but he just went to work down low and it was, it was great to watch. And Chris Middleton was fantastic. And it's just, it's getting back to the point where we were talking about, you just can't be so up and down with these dudes, but when Chris is on, he's on, and when he's off, he is just, it's hard to watch. And same thing with Drew Holiday. I mean, Drew Holiday still wasn't shooting. He still hasn't shot the ball very well at all. I thought he played a lot better in Game 5, obviously. He did a great job of just getting downhill, attacking mismatches, posting guys up. But the great thing that they did was they were ISOing, but Drew Holiday was either the closest guy to Middleton on the ISO, so he was going to be the first pass out, and then it was vice versa when Drew Holiday was posting up. So it kind of put the defense in peril there where you can't double or anything like that because you're leaving either Middleton open or you're leaving Drew Holiday open. So I thought Bud did a lot of great things. I thought, you know, 
again, the Jeff Teague minutes are just so stupid. I don't I don't even know why he doesn't. Um, but I thought he did a great job of putting Portis in the starting lineup when, you know, instead of Jan, uh, to replace Giannis, instead of Pat Connington, like most people just were leaning towards doing. I thought, you know, Bobby Portis was great. 22 points. He gave great energy like he has all the time. They did a great job of not playing too much drop with Bobby out there and switching everything. They switched one through five, multiple possessions, and it was just it was refreshing to watch. They're finally starting to – it's crazy how it takes Bud so long to just like, oh, Eureka, I, I, I get it now. So I don't – I don't – God, I don't know if Atlanta does win another one here. I don't know if they get it one tonight, or you know, technically tonight, Saturday night. But even if Trey does play, I mean, he was warming up the other night. You could see him wincing on his face when he was trying to plant and like do those floaters and try and like move and cut a little bit. So I, those bone bruises are a pain in the ass, man. They linger for a long time, and part of me doesn't even feel like it is a bone bruise. I feel like it's worse than that, but. I can't, I mean, these two teams have kind of just, they've kind of gone against your beliefs like every single game. Like, it's insane how you finally get a little bit of confidence in Milwaukee and then they do what they did the other night in game four and they lay a fucking egg without Trey Young there. You're just like, how did this happen? How did you do this? How? Why did you lay this egg? And for Atlanta, it's like, I didn't even pick them to get out of the first round. I thought New York would be able to pick apart Trey Young and that backcourt defensively and, they didn't do any of that. They didn't make any shots. Atlanta moves on. And then it was like, well, Philadelphia, who I have advancing to the NBA championship, I think this is the best team in the Eastern Conference. They should be able to take care of Atlanta. Nope. Atlanta is just defying the odds every time. And uh, I just, I can't believe this game is, it's going seven games here. So, or uh, potentially go seven. I can't believe it's going six. Like I thought at the most, Milwaukee would take this in five, but. Again, they played with their food the other night. Now, you know, Giannis is hurt, and you're kind of in a dogfight now here. So, oh, man. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Atlanta takes another one. And then, you know, you have a real a real hard decision of whether you play Giannis or not game seven. And same thing with, you know, Nate McMillan. If you get to a game seven without Trey Young and, you know, he's, you know, a 60%, do you play him? You, you probably do because I, I don't think you get back to this this point in the postseason for a while. I think you kind of – I think you've overachieved a lot here. So you got to kind of uh, take advantage of this opportunity. I think if you kind of just play it safe and be like, you know, we'll be back here. You can't guarantee you'll be back here. Like are you going to – are you going to re – are you going to like give max money to John Collins this summer? Um, are you going to figure out a way to upgrade, you know, Danilo Gallinari? Are you going to figure out a way to just upgrade the roster overall? And, you know, those, those things just don't happen. Sometimes you see a young team make this valiant run through the conference finals, or you get like that young Oklahoma city team where they make the finals against Braun and you know, that, that Heatles team gets the first one and you're like, Oh man, this team is going to be in the finals forever. And then they never play in the finals again after that. So, I don't know. Uh, it's that series has just been. It's just been beyond frustrating to kind of gauge what the hell either of these teams are doing on a a quarter to quarter basis. Because a lot of the times too, I mean, Milwaukee played great, but there were still stretches where they're kind of just, oh wow, this doesn't make any sense at all, and you just generally wave your arms at literally everything that they're doing. Like well, this whole thing just doesn't make sense at all, and it it's just so frustrating to watch them do it and. 
Same thing with Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta was just rudderless without Trey Young, and they just had no way to fight back and climb back. You know, they come out really strong the other night, but, you know, they just they didn't have it. They didn't have it. So, now Chris Middleton, if this is the Chris Middleton you're going to get from here on out, which, like, you know, as of up and down as he's been all, all postseason, you can't really bail on that. And is Drew Holiday finally going to break through and just start shooting the ball better? But I thought, you know, he did a really great job playmaking playing to you know playing well defensively a lot of people are sharing that you know Eric Bledsoe and Drew Holiday have the same exact uh true shooting percentage and shooting percentage throughout their uh their playoff run here with Milwaukee but I think you know Drew Holiday's done a lot more valuable things than uh old Eric Bledsoe did Eric Bledsoe was just uh he was a negative every way around he he wasn't defending well he wasn't even facilitating so and he also you know couldn't buy a bucket so it's just, I mean, you gave up almost five picks for, for Drew Holiday and you maxed him out. You just, you got to get more. You got to get more and you have to get more, especially with Giannis Allen. Is Brooke, is Brooke Lopez going to have 33 again? I don't know. Is he going to only take two three-pointers and score almost 30 points in the paint? I, I don't know if that's going to happen again, but who knows? I I think, I'm just hoping that, you know, Giannis... Like, I don't want him to play, but I also I want Giannis to play because if Giannis plays and he's even somewhat himself, I just don't see how Milwaukee loses against Phoenix here in this series, I think. But I've, I've been wrong about Milwaukee. I've been wrong about Phoenix, too. I didn't think Phoenix would get out of the first round, and they did. And I knew they would take care of Denver pretty easily, but, you know, you just had the feeling that, you know, if Kawhi was there for the Clippers, they would... Um, they would have won that series, but, you know, should have, would have, could have. You beat whoever's in front of you, and, you know, Phoenix is just waiting for the winner of this game tomorrow or the what, game game on Monday, and I hope I hope we get a Game 7. That'd be nice. Give us a nice Game 7, and Trey Young and Giannis both come back, and we have, you know, both of them kind of hobbled, but, you know, out there at least. Jeez, uh, it was rough watching Chris Dunn versus Jeff Teague for a little bit in the playoffs. Not even just the playoffs. It's like, this is the conference finals. Like, these are two of the last teams left and I'm watching Chris Dunn versus <laughs> Jeff Teague. It was fucking brutal, man. But yeah, so that was uh that's the the NBA playoffs so far. And you know, speaking of Kawhi, it's been uh I don't know why it's been happening the past couple of days, but like a lot of smoke has been coming from there that Kawhi is potentially leaving and he's become really frustrated with the LA Clippers medical staff, that was really the giant reason that kind of pushed him away from San Antonio, that he was just so frustrated with the medical staff there in San Antonio and them misdiagnosing a lot of things and kind of um, messing up timetables for him to return. And he just got really frustrated and fed up with them. And he didn't think they were doing a really great job. So that was one of the key reasons that he kind of sat out, distanced himself from the team and wanted to be gone. And, it sounds like, well, like some reports are coming out saying that's that's the case now, but I don't know if these are even credible people to even be, you know, running towards these headlines and thinking like, oh, this is a legitimate thing. And then you see other people reporting that Miami and Dallas are going to make a super hard push to bring Kawhi to their respective teams. I just don't see him leaving L.A., man. He's finally come home. He's a California kid. I just, I don't see him leaving. I think if anything... I think he feels a little more comfortable now because you saw the way that Paul George kind of like reaffirmed him, like, "Hey, man, I've I've got your back. Like, I can do this shit too. Like, we're we're good, man." And I don't know if they 
throw a bunch of money at Reggie Jackson. I don't know off the top of my head what their cap situation is necessarily going to look like after they've re-signed Kawhi to a long-term deal. You would think that they would do and lock him up. Unless, you know, you listen to what Stephen A. said, and Stephen A. Smith said, you know, with the emergence of Terrence Mann, that maybe the Clippers shouldn't re-sign Kawhi Leonard. So uh, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. But, you know, people think he's a, a really smart person to listen to. So just let Kawhi Leonard walk away because you have Terrence Mann, who I think only scored, what, 20 points since his game six against Utah. So, yeah. Uh, I just... Just let Kawhi Leonard walk because you have Terrence, man. That's just fucking unbelievable, man. So, yeah. I mean, it's uh, the postseason has been good in a lot of ways, and it's been really rough with the injuries and stuff like that. But it's, you know, we're, we're close. We're close to crowning a champion, a first-ever champion. And, you know, a lot of dudes who's going to win it for the first time. But, God damn it, I do not want Jay Crowder to win a title. Like, I'd be really happy for Devin Booker. I'd be happy for Aiden and Chris Paul finally. But, like, God, that's going to be annoying if Jay Crowder wins a championship. But it is what it is. So there was that. And then, you know, I kind of touched on it towards the end of the episode, last last episode, where we kind of cut it short, you know, the block charge thing. <laughs> God, fucking it's <laughs> It got really nuts, man. Uh, it was almost two hours of us arguing about block and charge. It's pretty crazy. I honestly, I didn't think that was where it was going to go. I thought, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be a general consensus thing that, you know, charges stink and you know we kind of laugh at it make fun of it and just keep it moving but i just i did not know that's you know that was going to turn into a, a passionate thing but you know didn't really get a chance to, to get into the ncaa finally getting it right and allowing these players to start making some money off them off themselves man and it's kind of like i alluded to like it's been the thing that once i finally like really started to understand how that works and how they these players were just risking their health for, for free. And it just, it just, it just stuck with me and I just couldn't watch it anymore. And it sucked because I used to watch it every Saturday. I watched game day when I woke up in the morning, I watched college football all day on Saturday. And then, you know, I'd watch every single college basketball game that was on throughout the week. And like, I ate that shit up and then got to the point where it's like, Oh yeah, like these kids are just working for free. And like, I don't even want to, don't even come at me with that shit that, you know, they're, it's a privilege for them to play for these programs. And, their payment is an education. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No way. Like these dudes are busting their asses, especially football players, man. They're risking like there are people who have been paralyzed on kickoff coverages. Like they're playing for free. It's amateur shit. And it's just it's it's wild to me. This is a multi billion dollar organization. And there are people like clutching their pearls at the thought that these kids like getting a like a taste of it. Like it's nuts. Like I was like, I was like Johnny Manziel. Like he got in trouble for selling his autograph. Like it's his signature. Like it's his name. He's not allowed to sign things. Same thing with like Terrell Pryor. He's not allowed to sign things for a tattoo. Like, but you're allowed to give him a charger so he can drive to and from like campus and shit like that. Like from the boosters. But like, it's just like, Again, college football is the most corrupt thing. It's like it's just as corrupt as the mafia is. But I think this is more of a step in the right direction where a lot of people who did turn a nose to it because of the way of the amateur stuff, I think it does help kind of bring some people back. And it is going to turn some people off. I mean, the mental gymnastics I've seen 
the past couple days since this story was broke has been quite hysterical. And I am still waiting for the press release for Dabo Sweeney to retire from Clemson because players are being paid. I just, God damn it. I am really, um, I'm really praying that a kid like just banks, banks and starts making more money than him. Oh my God. I would laugh so hard. He was so against it. He was so against these kids getting paid. It's easy for you to say that when you make, you're the highest state employee, highest paid state employee. Like, that's ridiculous, man. You're a college football coach and you get paid more than every single person in your state. That's fucking ridiculous, dude. But for the players to not get a taste of that, it's always bothered me. So I'm glad they're doing that and I'm glad it's finally happening. Only thing that's next, I saw that the Heisman Trust has now passed it off. They've passed their the decision onto the NCAA whether to give Reggie Bush his Heisman back, the Heisman Trophy he should have never lost to begin with because whatever happened had nothing to do with him on the field. It had nothing to do with him being arguably the greatest college football player we've ever seen. And the fact that he got punished because, you know, USC was doing some sneaky shit and giving his parents a house to go to USC and cars and money and all this shit. And it's fine for that to happen. Once it gets caught, they kind of wash their hands of it clean and go, whoa, I, I don't know how this kid got all that stuff. That's crazy, man. And then he loses his Heisman Trophy and nothing happens to these boosters at all. They just keep, you know, buying these kids to come and play for their school. And it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. And once they get in trouble, it's like, well, I have no idea. I don't know how that happened. Fucking my guess. They're a piece of shit, right? It's just like, it's unbelievable. And it's the same thing with like everybody in the Fab Five. Like Jalen Rose was like talking about it on, you know, ESPN yesterday. It's like the NCAA should like reinstate like them and, you know, lift that ban that they had against him because it just like like he said like it ruined his whole like image and everything there are so many people that looked at him and like chris weber and Jawan howard like they were just like these pieces of shit for like doing absolutely nothing wrong man like now it's completely legal and it's fine and it, it shouldn't they, all their accomplishments shouldn't be taken away anymore like give them back like it's just crazy it's I can't believe it's finally happening though. Like I, I just never thought it would actually happen, but it, it, it's here. It's, it's great, man. And the, you could saw some kids like already, they've already cashed out already. And it's awesome. It was like 1202 on like July 1st. And there were already so many kids who already had like two or three sponsorships and making some money. So I'm glad. And you know, a lot of the talk, you know, there was a lot of talk on social media today of like, Oh, you know, you know, which former college athlete would like make the most, benefit the most from this and everyone would go like everyone automatically went like zion it's like are you guys insane it's not even close like it's either timothy richard tebow or johnny manziel like i don't think people really understand that like what kind of just insane persona that johnny had and same thing with tebow like it was insane what tebow mania was like zion doesn't even sniff that man like Zion had some hype, but like it is nowhere close to what those two dudes had. His hype wasn't even close to like Sebastian Telfair when he was coming like through the ranks in high school and shit like that. Like same thing with Amari. Like same thing with I mean, obviously LeBron, he didn't go to like you know to college either. Both both all three of those dudes didn't. But like if they did, it would have been a million times what Zion's hype was. So it was kind of like you guys are fucking insane. I mean, even like Vince Young, like Matt Liner and Reggie Bush. Lindell White, like those Trojan teams, like they would have made a shit ton of money off endorsements. Same thing with Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn would have been like on every single commercial 
and he would have been everywhere. Like crazy, dude. Uh, to think that these players are finally going to start making some money. Like some kids are really going to just make so much money, dude. I'm so happy. And it's, it's great because again, like I just can't imagine tearing my ACL for free. And then it's not even, I'm not even one of those dudes who's going to make it into the league. Like I'm blowing my knee out and I'm not even going to have a chance to go make millions of dollars in the next level. I'm just doing this because I love football and then I'm going to go be a state farm agent and that that's it. And I can get any money out of it. Like think about like, I don't know, like Braxton Miller for Ohio state. Like that guy, he put his body on the line, like every single Saturday for Ohio state and just completely just, he was a shell of himself by the time that he finally got a chance to like switch positions and go to wide receiver for Houston and stuff like that. Like, his athleticism was zapped from because of all those injuries he took, and he just he did it for like free. It's just fucking bananas, man. Uh, I still can't believe there are people fighting this. The, the players shouldn't be paid, but I'm glad it's finally happening, man. And still, I'm waiting for Dabo to retire because you said you were gonna leave if um players got paid. So I guess you got to pack up your decks and go and uh, hit the pricks, pal. So there was that, and then uh, I mean. There was some stuff in the NFL where uh, they finally, the NFL had finally concluded their investigation into Dan Snyder's little uh, cesspool there in Washington, and they came up with a just a, they dropped a hammer on him with a nice ten million dollar fine. It's like that's it for a guy who's worth billions of dollars. You you find him ten million dollars for that? Like all those people that came forward, all those reports that came out of there, like all of the. Like everything that came out about that, like the past, like what, almost two years now. And then you just decide to find him $10 million. Like he probably has like a couch or something like that. That's worth more than that. Like that was just, he just did something just to say, Hey, see, we punished him. I was like, you don't, you don't fucking care about any of that stuff that came out. So that was hilarious that that came out like that. And, uh, and then the 49ers, the Cowboys and the Jags, they were all fined for OTA violations. And, you know, it just, uh, I guess Urban Meyer just wanted to feel like he was coaching again. So he had to like make some violations just to, just to go, oh yeah, I'm back. Like, it's pretty incredible. He's only been on the job for like two or three months and he's already like getting all these violations and shit like that. He's not going to last long. Like, there's no way he lasts for like three or four years. There's no way at all. I doubt he makes it like through two years. There's no way. Like, I feel like they're going to go pretty bad this year. And it wouldn't surprise me a classic Urban Meyer fashion. He was just like, you know what? My health is really deteriorating. I got to get out of here. This stinks. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to work for Fox Sports for a little bit. And then someone's going to throw me a pretty, uh, pretty decent job. And I'm I'm going to, I'm going to go back and co- coach college football because this stinks. So I, I, I can't believe that Urban Meyer is already, already getting violations. Like it's just, the guy can't help it. The guy can't help it. But, and then, you know, it's that time of the year. Josh Gordon. You know, trying to reinstate, get himself back in. Still, I, I uh, the whole talk about weed today is just fucking ridiculous, man. There are so many people, so many dorks about this stuff. Like, it's not that big of a deal, man. Like, really, if a guy wants to smoke weed on his time off, like, what is the difference? It does not matter. It's not, it doesn't matter. Like, especially now, how, how far we've come and, like, research and all of this data saying like how it helps people with their mental health issues and it helps them with their pain management how to cope with stuff like that and it's like 
why not just let these players do whatever it does that keeps them in the right state of mind, like health wise, like for them to be the best players that they can be on the field. Like it's not like he was getting high before games or during games or whatever, but like, yeah, he doesn't want his time off. Like who gives a shit? That's at the point now where it's legal in what 19 States in the, in the United States. And like, we're still like suspending players for doing it. Like it's, it's the dumbest thing on earth. Like really, like it, it is the dumbest thing possible. I, I just, I can't believe that we're still doing stuff like this. And then of course with, uh, you know, Shakari Richardson, you know, with her coming out, coming out today that, you know, she's going to be probably most likely not being going to be in Tokyo running the hundred meter or really anything else. And, you know, she pops for weed and it's like, all these people that, you know, there were a lot of people who were outraged about it. And I was kind of just like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what's the difference if she smokes weed? Like, she, again, it doesn't make her a better runner. It's just something that it, like, it helped her deal with her mental, like her mental health. And it, it helped her with her anxiety and stuff. Like, who gives a shit? I just, I can't believe that that's, we're still, t- why are we still testing for weed? Like, I get testing for Coke and, like, Molly and all that shit. That makes sense. But, like, what are we testing for weed for? Who cares? Like, it's not a it's not a performance-enhancing drug. Who gives a shit? And now, you know, arguably, like, one of the stars that are going over to a, to Tokyo right now is not going to be able to go over just because she smoked a little weed, like, on her time out. Like, who gives a shit? Like, you mean to tell me? I'm expected to believe that no, you're not you're not allowed to smoke weed before the Olympics. But like skateboarding is an Olympic sport. You mean to tell me nobody smokes weed? Come on, man. Like Lamar Odom played for Team USA. There's no way that dude clean like had clean piss. There's no way. I I there's no fucking way, dude. So there's just a lot of people today who are just complete, just like dweebs. Like yeah, you, know, you shouldn't break the rules. It's like yeah, you probably use somebody else's Netflix password too. You asshole. That's against the law. Why don't you pay for your own shit? You're stealing. How about that? Like, there are so many people who just, they're so dumb about this shit. It's not that big of a deal. It really isn't. But I feel so bad for her. And again, there are all those people like, well, she shouldn't have done it. She knew it was going to be wrong. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it's more of just, it's just a dumb rule still. And we're still trying to deal with this. And I guess it's that time of the year where the Olympics, you know, a lot of people will get suspended for really stupid shit or they won't be able to compete because of stupid shit because the Olympic board is just so out of touch and everything. And that just, that really just stunk for her, man. She's been such a star and like, she's been so fun to watch. And now, you know, now all we have to talk about is how she like, apparently is a, a, a piece of shit person. Cause she just smoked some weed, but it is what it is. So pivoting from that was because of Josh Gordon. So Josh Gordon, He's trying to get reinstated again. I highly doubt it happens this time. Um, it's cra- I mean, it is so crazy, his his career. Like, that year that, what, he played six games for Cleveland and he had over, like, 1,300 yards. He was insane. And he was playing with Uber drivers as a quarterback, and he just thought, holy shit, man, like, if this guy ever gets, like, a real quarterback and he actually gets into a winning situation, the guy's going to be fucking unstoppable. And then, you know drug related issues, alcohol, you know, addiction and now, you know, he's every single summer he's, you know, getting a letter that, yeah, you're not allowed to play this year. Try again next year, pal, and hopefully he gets it right. I mean, apparently he's passed every single test he's taken so far this summer, so 
Good. I I mean, I'm always pulling for Josh Gordon, man. I I really loved watching him in Cleveland and then, you know, just stinks that he's going through this stuff. But hopefully he's clean. Hopefully football helps him get into a better state of mind and he doesn't have to, you know, I don't know, get high all the time. I I don't know. He's probably still going to smoke weed. It's probably going to happen. And he's probably going to get tested six million times and finally pop a one and then they're just he's going to be done forever and he's not going to be able to get reinstated anymore. So there's that. And then, uh, you know, major league baseball, they announced their all-star starters the other day. And for the national league at first base, you got Freddie Freeman from the Atlanta Braves. And then you got Adam Frazier for the Pittsburgh pirates, a Pittsburgh pirate is an all-star. That's, that's pretty cool. Also an all-star starter. That's, that's pretty awesome. Adam Frazier has been really great. Like he's going to be a really good bat for someone at the trade deadline. I was reading somebody, I think it was like the White Sox are like really interested in getting him. That'd be a really good move for Chicago. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. at shortstop. Nolan Arenado at third base. Buster Posey is the starting catcher. Ronald Acuna Jr. is in the outfield. Nick Castellanos in the outfield. And Jesse Winkler. So both the corner outfields for the Cincinnati Reds get the all-star start. And then for the American League, you got Vlad Jr., Marcus Simon. You got Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers. So... American League East has the entire infield there. Salvador Perez for the Kansas City Royals is at your catcher. And then Mike Trout starting at in the outfield, which they should have just had Cedric Mullins start instead. Like, I, I get it. Like, you know, Mike Trout, whatever, he's the biggest name or whatever. But Cedric Mullins has been, like, arguably the best center fielder and not only the American League, but in baseball. So, I mean, you put a Pittsburgh Pirate in the All-Star game, you could, you could start a, a Baltimore Oriole. But... Mike Trout, bigger's name. He's at. I mean, he's gonna get the start. Aaron Judge out there with Tessera Anderson Hernandez, and then Shohei Otani at DH. So, you know, I I don't know. It's one of those things where I don't think I can kind of uh, complain too much about you know the All Star starters. I thought they you know they generally get it right. I mean, there's usually you know once it starts getting into the pitchers, some people usually get snubbed here or there, but for the most part, I think they get it right and. I, I, the only thing I would tweak is that Cedric Mullins should just replace Mike Trout right now as the uh, as the starting center fielder for the All Star team. But you know, I I think it's now it's getting to that point now where I just uh, completely cannonball into baseball and I'm all baseball here. So we'll see what happens, and I'm hoping that you know this this All Star weekend with the futures game and then with the home run derby just really just sucks me right back in where I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for baseball here. And hopefully Otani and Vlad jr. Put on a show and you know, Pete Alonzo's there too, to try and, you know, defend his title. And then, you know, Trevor story is going to represent Colorado there. So there's going to be a shit ton of balls flying out of there. I'm really excited. It's going to be in Coors field like that. And in other baseball news, besides showing Otani hitting two more bombs tonight, he's just been phenomenal. 30 home runs for him, man, 30 home runs. And yeah, he has a sub three ERA. Absolutely insane. He did get rocked the other night. I think he got seven runs in the first inning against the Yankees. But I think that's probably what makes his ERA probably around. That's probably over three now. But before it was just around like 295 or something like that. So still, that's that's nuts. It's absolutely insane. And I was just reading too that he's put off having Tommy John surgery that he needs to disarm. So it's like absolutely crazy what this guy's doing. He's not even human. So. Besides that, uh, the biggest thing kind of right now is Trevor Bauer and his uh, the investigation that's going on in him right now. Apparently, um, 
he's saying that, you know, he had, you know, rough consensual sex with this woman and, you know, he has messages or whatever to approve it. She, on the other hand, says it wasn't. And she had multiple injuries where she was treated for a concussion multiple times and a lot of just bruising and a lot like the the story that was written up on it in The Athletic was pretty like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, uh, so the whole backlash of that was going on. And then a few days into the week, you know, Dave Roberts is saying that, you know, Trevor Bauer is still slated to start on Sunday. And, you know, not only that, but he's saying that it wasn't in, it was out of his hands and out of his control for him to start. And it's like, you're not the equipment manager, sir. You're the fucking manager. So if it's in anybody's hands, it is in your hands. So, he was saying it was Major League Baseball's decision. Well, uh, I don't think Major League Baseball, you know, manages your team. So you can, you easily could have just put this in the button. Like, yeah, Trevor's going to take some time away while this investigation is going on. But they were like, no, we're just waiting for Major League Baseball to tell us what to do. We're, we're just, we're leaving it up to them. Okay, pass the buck on to them. Finally, after a bunch of outrage, finally Major League Baseball was like, yeah, we're going to have Trevor just go ahead and take us, you know, take a little sabbatical. Like, why don't you just go away from the team for a little bit, which is the smart thing to do here. And hopefully they'll figure out if he did what is alleged that he did, which is fucking disgusting. Again, if you don't have the athletic and I guess figure out some way to get it. Uh, but I also get the athletic. It's, it's only $4 a month. It's, it's, it's way worth it. But um, yeah, that article is, it's not looking too great for old Trevor Bauer there. So um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's kind of weird that it's kind of along with the same week of uh, I didn't really get to talk about it either with um, the Portland Trailblazers and Chauncey Billups. And I kind of, you know, when I talked about it the other day, I was just I not only did I not know it even happened, you know, until a day that day, I also didn't really look into it that much. And I was told, you know, I just read from other people that, you know, I was oh, he was clear and it was fine. It was like, it really wasn't. I, it was just one of those things where he paid off the woman and, you know, the stories that he told and Antoine Walker told and they weren't all lining up and there was a lot of lying and there was DNA evidence found and he said he wasn't even there or didn't even talk to her. And then it was, it was a lot of a lot of shady shit going on around with that thing in 1997. And I think, you know, if Neil O'Shea, he really just didn't handle that press conference the way that you would hope he would have, because look, if you're going to make a hire like that, you have to be completely transparent about what's going on. You have to be receptive of people asking these questions because again, Portland is an area where they do not put up with shit like this. They are a very progressive fan base and they are not happy about this hire at all. And they're really not happy at the fact that Neil O'Shea and them, they're not allowing Chauncey Billups to kind of, in a way, maybe apologize or reflect on how it really did change his life. Like he did at one point say, you know, that incident, you know, changed his life forever. And, you know, the reporter was going to go for a rebuttal. Like, how did that happen? And Neil O'Shea just put the, the kibosh on it real quick. And it just, it didn't look good, man. You have to. And it, the sad thing was that you could tell that Chauncey looked like he wanted to talk about it. It looked like he wanted to kind of just put this shit to bed and just like own up to it talk about it so you can move on throughout the year so you can talk about basketball instead of every single media scrum now is going to be talking about this 1997 incident until they start getting some questions answered and there was at one point where someone had asked a question you can literally if you watch the video you can see Neil O'Shea like 
he is like shaking, drinking his water. When this person mentions this question, his eyeballs get so big and you can see him make a gesture towards the PR woman to kind of just go, that question's already been answered. We're going to keep it moving. They also, you know, didn't really elaborate on the investigation that they put forward. They said they did their own internal investigation. It was like, how did your organization, what investigating did you do on a case from 1997? What did you possibly do? Like, I, I just don't get it. And the way that they talked about Becky Hammond as well it was just weird too. It was just, oh yeah, Becky Hammond. Yeah, we love her. Like, it was great, but you know, it just didn't work out for us. Like, I've never really heard that uh, in an introductory press conference for their head coach is people talking about uh, a candidate that they didn't hire. And not only the the questioning about it, but also them answering about Becky Hammond absolutely like like personally herself. So it was very strange. And I just, I thought, I thought Portland really just, they really dropped the ball here. This is really... Because this is a dicey, this is a dicey, dicey hire, man. It is. And, you know, you have to just know that. And you have to accept that, that these questions are coming and people want answers and you have to give it to them like you do. And a lot of people are just, they're not happy about this year. And it's interesting to see, like, what happens with Dame here. Uh, you know, there are reports from Chris Haynes, who is da- essentially... Damian Lillard's Jimmy Hart of the South, uh, Jimmy Hart. Uh, but I just, he said he wanted to, he wanted out because of the backlash because he said he endorsed Jason Kidd and, you know, Chauncey Billups and other people were like, you know, Dame, you're a piece of shit for saying that these two dudes should get a job. And he was like, I have no idea that those dudes even had those things going on against them. That was kind of before my time, but it is what it is. I'm just talking about their basketball credentials, but you can't blame Dame for them hiring Chauncey. Like there's a president of basketball operations. There's a general manager. There's those people. They hired Chauncey Billups. So it's up to them to answer for it. Not, not Damian Lillard. So, but again, that's, they have, they're not going to be able to answer. They're not going to answer any of those questions. It's just going to be something that hangs over Portland all year. And it's just, it's going to stink, man. I, I feel really bad for Chauncey. I mean, not really because, you know, he's, what he's accused of doing and you know, what really looks like he did. He, you kind of don't have a lot of remorse for him, but I think just the basketball sense wise, you finally got your first head coaching gig and this is just your front office kind of dropped the ball here and letting you just like get in front of it, talk about it, kind of put people's mind at ease, I guess, if you kind of nail it. But I think at the point now, people are just so outraged that they don't even give a a shit what Chauncey's going to say from here on out because it looks like they kind of uh they kind of muzzled him there and didn't let him talk so just a just the shittiest way possible you can handle that just unbelievable how bad Portland fucked it up and when I was reading the articles I was like reading a couple of Portland people like live tweeting throughout why they were there and going blow by blow but finally when the video of it came out you're just like Jesus Christ man how do you how did you screw this up so badly? It's just it's quite incredible how they messed it up that bad. But we'll see, man. I, I think I think some big stuff is gonna be happening in Portland. I think it's gonna get to the point now where Dame hasn't requested a trade yet. I think it's gonna happen shortly. And then CJ McCollum's gonna be out of town. Nurse of Nurkic already said, you know, if Dame's out, then I'm out too. Like I'd be an idiot to not want to be here if he's here. So 
I don't know. I, I think, you know, you are at the point of Portland that you really do have to make some giant shakeups. Like, again, they've been overachieving. They overachieved a couple of years ago, and then you just start building on top of it. And you're still not close where you need to be to win a title, but you're not even remotely close to being at a part where you're in the lottery so you can rebuild organically that way. So you're just you're stuck in the middle. And, you know, you, I don't know. I don't know what they do. You got to get, you got to break up Dame and CJ. You got to figure out something. I, I don't know. And then Colin Coward is saying, you know, the Lakers, he would, if he was the Lakers, he would trade Anthony Davis for Dame Lillard tomorrow. And it's like, you're insane. I, I would not do that at all. But, and then Dame and LeBron, they, they meet each other at the Sparks game. They handshake the dab and everyone's like, oh, wow. Dame to, Dame to LA confirmed. Like, there's no way like it's going to be uh, uh, people were outraged by the package that got Anthony Davis. Boy, they're going to be fucking pissed if the Lakers get Damian Lillard for what they offer. They're going to be so pissed. It's going to be absolutely nothing. A couple of basketballs, like even the stuff that they're talking about, like trade packages for like Colin Sexton seems kind of like cringeworthy and like, Oh, that's it. Like, how is that going to turn into Damian Lillard? So, uh, ugh. I don't know. I feel so bad for Portland fans. Because it seems like, you know, you get excited throughout the year, you're top five seed, and you're like, oh, yeah, Dame's great. Dame times is great. He should be an MVP candidate. This is awesome. Then you get in the postseason, you're like, ah, oh, okay. Both of our backcourt doesn't defend, and, you know, our coach is kind of a dummy, so it's kind of, oh, cool, we're going to flame out in the postseason. This stinks. It's like, you just... You feel so bad, but uh, hopefully they get a good haul back for Dame. I think I like, what is the value of that? Like, what is, what does a Damian little deal look like? Is it like, is it a Paul George ransom? Like, I would think so. I think that's a good starting point. What? Five or so. I mean, Drew Holiday got five. You got five picks for Drew Holiday. Uh, well, how many picks do you get for Damian Lillard? What do you get? 10, 11. Like what is the what's the quality of player that you get there? Like I, I just don't think the Lakers have a good enough package. It's hard to imagine that the Knicks really do. Um, it depends how highly you think of R.J. Barrett. I assume. Um, I don't know. I've been thinking about this all day. Like what is what happens with Dame Lillard? Like when does it finally come to the point where he's like, yeah, get me the fuck out of here, man? So yeah, it's been a it's been a nice. Nice couple of days here this week. Um, this weekend we got Bucks Hawks. It's been strange, you know, that the games are kind of windling down here, and it's just like, well, what do I do here? I'm just kind of that. That feeling is starting to hit me that pretty soon, in another two weeks or so, there's not going to be any basketball, and you're just going to be like, oh my god, what the hell, man? And you know, we're still waiting for training camp to start. But this is, again, this is around the time where I just, I submarine right into baseball. And hopefully my Cardinals start playing better baseball. Because I think that's also what turned me off, too, was that I kept trying to get into it. Because it's like, okay, they got one of my favorite players, Nolan Arenado. Let's go. It, this is title. Let's go. We're getting a pennant. And then they just played just horrible baseball. And I was just like, all right, man. I, this stinks right now. I got to wait for them to figure something out here. So, Anna Wainwright put a couple good starts together the past couple. Arenado had a really good week, so maybe things are turning around. Harrison Bader just hit a grand slam in the 10th to beat the Rockies tonight, so 
they gave a walk off the you know the other night so it was just like i don't know why i stayed up all the way thanks extra innings for that shit um so i'm ready i'm re- i'm ready for for baseball to start like for me baseball season is officially starting now once nba season kind of wears down that's when the baseball season really starts for me and i really start to like get in and pay attention to every single aspect of it so this is going to be more of a baseball podcast so if that excites you awesome if not i don't know what the fuck to tell you pal yeah i could talk about you know top 10 lists for football all the way until training camp starts which you know i might do who knows It'll be hell of a better than, you know, pro football focuses one. Like, what the hell was that? If anybody had seen that, like Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, and uh, who was the other one that was kind of questionable? Um, damn, what was it? Yeah, uh, Kyler Murray wasn't in the top 10. And then I believe Lamar was like 10th or something like that. And Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan and... I think like Baker Mayfield was ahead of him. It's like, what are we doing here? Like, I think it's blasphemous that people are even talking about. I think the only one that I kind of was like, didn't have a problem with was like Dak being ahead of Lamar. But still, I think just accolades alone or just also just accomplishments alone so far, you can't put him in front of Lamar. You just can't. Like, is Dak a better quarterback than Lamar? Uh, No. Uh, Josh Allen, no. Like, that was the thing that went on today. All I saw in my timeline was Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson shit. It's like, stop it. Josh Allen is not even, he's not better than Lamar Jackson. Stop it. Stop it. Stop, stop, stop. Dude, stop. Like, we talked about how, like, big of a doofus that Josh Allen was for, you know, years now. And then, oh, what do you know? Stefan Diggs comes to town. And then it's like, oh, shit, this guy's, like, really good. Well, no shit. He's got a guy who makes him look a lot better and make life a lot easier for everybody else. So, now again, like Josh Allen really did improve and like he had a really great year, but he, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not buying it. This is the first year of his professional life from high school. He completed over 60% of his passes. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not buying it. I'm just not. Josh Allen's fun and all, but no thanks. I'm, give me the youngest MVP ever. The second ever unanimous MVP with Tom Brady. Give me that guy. Give me one of the winningest quarterbacks in their first three years in NFL history. Give me that guy. That's who I want. The most exciting dude in the world who has Walgreens employees on the outside. So it's only going to get better. I think, oh, well, at least you would hope so. I think Greg Roman has to really, he's got to upgrade the passing game this year. And hopefully with a full training camp, you would think that they would have time to install more passing plays. I believe they only installed, I think it's only been 70 total pass plays, like, different pass plays the past two years. So, I mean, it makes sense that, you know, last year they finished as one of the worst passing teams in the league, and it's nothing to do with Lamar. I think just the scheme needs to be tweaked. I don't think they need to completely rehaul everything, but you got to – those run-pass numbers are insane, man. You cannot run it almost 65% of the time and be super predictable when you're going to pass and what – you can't do that, man, especially in the league nowadays. You, you just can't do that, especially when you have a guy as electric as Lamar. You have to you gotta throw the ball a little bit more, man. You just have to. So we'll see. I just I just still don't understand the, the, the Lamar stuff. I don't get it, man. Even with people around here, like I live in Baltimore, and, you know, I, I still understand the people who bitch about him. It just it makes no sense. Like, what are you complaining about? You're watching one of the most fascinating, one of the most exciting players to ever play. 
and you have something to complain about. And it's not even like, oh, well, he doesn't win. It's like he's one of the winningest players like of all time already. He's done nothing but go to the postseason. He's done nothing but have them in double-digit wins. Like, he's been incredible. And you're like, wow, he's not Mahomes. Well, if you put up their numbers side to side since 2018, they're pretty goddamn identical. So, I just, I just don't get it, man. Guy can't throw. He led the NFL in touchdown passes from the pocket just two years ago. You can't do that if you don't know how to throw. What are we doing here? How is Kyler Murray not a top ten quarterback? How is Kirk Cousins ahead of anybody in a top ten quarterback list? How? How is that possible? Kirk Cousins is better than Kyler Murray. There's no goddamn way. Kirk Cousins is better than Ryan Tannehill right now? No goddamn way. Get out of here. Matt Ryan's better than Ryan Tannehill right now? No. Are we talking about careers? Sure, obviously. But right now, going into the 2021 season, there's no goddamn way. There's no way. How is that possible? It was just like, it made my head spin. I don't get it. And the conversations around Baker Mayfield now, now that he's up for an extension, now people want to start talking about, oh, he's just a system quarterback. He's... You can replace him. He's replaceable. No, he's not. He's not. Baker Mayfield's a goddamn good quarterback. Like, uh, I don't know what more he needs to do for people to be like, oh, yeah, this guy's actually good. He's fucking good. Like, last year, yeah, the system was really good. He was also missing his best wide receiver the entire year, and he still was just, he really went on a tear there that last six games of the season. Like, that game against Baltimore on Monday night, was one of the best games I've seen in a long time, and Baker was just slinging dimes, man. That Cincinnati game in Cincinnati where they stormed back like that, and he missed, what, like two passes in the second half and had like five touchdowns? Absolutely bananas. I mean, he was a stupid touchback penalty away from probably beating Kansas City and going to the AFC title game. Like, I just don't understand what more Baker needs to do for people to, like, get rid of that stupid system quarterback stigma, man. I really don't get it, like, he finally gets a good coordinator and he's blessed with a really talented team and like it's a detriment to him. So I don't fucking know, man. I need to start doing that. I just need to start digging into uh who's gonna win divisions and uh win totals and stuff like that. It's around that time where I start really combing through stuff and getting into that. So probably the next couple of weeks before probably around training camp, probably get into uh division winners, you know, MVP defensive player of the years, all that stuff. Probably get into some fantasy football too. It's around that time where I start getting into drafting multiple teams. So I'm going to be all fantasy football heavy. So, Hey, maybe even I'll get a, a fantasy football guru on here and something like that and pick their brain too. So yeah, we'll see. Um, so I think that's it for me. I think I, uh, I think we did a pretty good job here. Just over an hour, just riffing here again. Like I, I forgot that like, is so difficult to do this by yourself. Like I used to do it by myself all the time and it just stunk when you have somebody else. It's so much better. You can just riff off one another. Like I had like, I had typed a whole like notes page and like, I had like research stuff and like, make sure it's like, I just like watched the games and paid attention to stuff. And then it was just, just normal conversation off a person. So, you know, we'll see what happens and you know, if this is what it's going to be from here on out, we'll see. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's it for me. Thanks for listening, everybody. And, you know, uh, I really appreciate, you know, the the few of you or, you know, the it's not even just a few of you anymore. It's a lot of people now. There's a lot of new, unique listeners, and there's a lot of people who are liking the Facebook page, and they're, 
they're interacting with it and it's, it's, it's great. And it's, that's really helps me out a lot and gets me closer to the goal that I want to have of monetizing this and actually making this like a living of mine. So I really appreciate everybody who's still listening, hanging in there. And I know sometimes this show fucking stinks, but we're getting there, man. Um, we're, we're, we're going to get this place. We're going to get this thing where it needs to be. And, uh, I hope you guys are along for the ride. So you guys have a good weekend. Enjoy your 4th of July. Don't Jason Pierre Paul your hands or anything like that. Just, uh, you know, light them and run and, or just don't light off fireworks. You know, there's a big show. Go put a blanket out and you'll watch fireworks there from your car or something like that. Like, like people have been lighting off fireworks in my neighborhood here. Like, for like three weeks. Honestly, they've been doing it for like three years, but like it's been really obnoxious the past couple of days now. And like they're bringing out big boys. Like they were like, they were loud as shit. Like they're just scaring my dog nonstop. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like on 4th of July. So very excited for that. Anyway, everybody enjoy your weekend. I will talk to you guys on Monday. See you later. It's over. It's over. Y'all take it easy. I'm out.